I am looking for five unfulfilled healthcare professionals who want to create a clear roadmap to fulfillment in the next 30 days. If that's you, I would love to connect. Head to the link in the show notes to apply for a career clarity call, and I'll share all of the details with you. Welcome to the Life After Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Turgeon, residency dropout, best-selling author, online entrepreneur, and world traveler. I'm on a mission to help the whole world start doing work that they actually enjoy because I believe the world is a better place when we're all doing work we love. If you want to create a fulfilling life and career on your own terms, then you are in exactly the right place and I'm so glad you're here. Through this podcast, I'll share inspiring stories of healthcare workers who have left their traditional medical careers to forge their own path to fulfillment. I'll also give you my best tips and advice for how I've managed to create a thriving life after medicine. Hello, my loves. So it's 2022. You don't have to settle for unhappiness in your career anymore. I believe it's possible to enjoy your work and to feel like you're making a difference and helping people in a way that lights you up without all of the stress and all of the burnout that you're currently experiencing. Through my one-on-one coaching, I help healthcare professionals recover from burnout and create fulfilling careers that they actually enjoy and look forward to going to work. I've helped clients become yoga teachers, stay-at-home moms, entrepreneurs, go back to school to study creative writing or law or public health. My clients have started their own businesses, teaching and mentoring medical students, started up their own boutique medical practices, and even created location independence through telemedicine. Some of my clients decide to stay in the medical field and find a way to practice on their own terms. And others have left entirely to pursue new interests, new passions, new things. Your path to happiness and fulfillment is unique and it won't look like anyone else's. And I honored that. Starting this year in 2022, I'm offering two different types of one-on-one coaching, career burnout, where we help you regain your energy, be less stressed and more happy and career fulfillment, where we develop a clear vision of what you want for your career and start working on an action plan to bring it into fruition. If you are interested in working with me in the new year, link to the application is in the show notes. Go ahead and fill it out now and we'll talk more about what it looks like to work together. Hello, my loves. So today I want to talk to you about the connection between burnout and fulfillment. As we've talked about in the past, there are so many factors that contribute to burnout, but one of the more deeper, like more intangible ones I've noticed has to do with not doing work that is fulfilling to you in some way. Not doing work that like aligns with your values or like not doing work that allows you to use your gifts and talents and share them with the world. So it's really like a lack of fulfillment or a lack of meaningful work can contribute to burnout. And we don't always make that connection. We think that burnout is you know, directly caused by long hours, too much working, all of that. But it can also be caused by the wrong kind of work. And by wrong kind, I just mean that it's not personally meaningful to you and doesn't allow you to feel fulfilled. 
And there are many different reasons. Some of them involve, like I just said, um, when the work is not aligned with your values, you don't feel this personal connection. You don't feel like the work is connected to a greater ideal belief system and vision that you hold for your life. It could also mean that it doesn't use your gifts and talents, the things that you enjoy, the things that you're really good at. And so the end result is that you're not feeling fulfilled, but it's more than just not feeling fulfilled. It can also really start leading to burnout. So I love um, this quote by Brene Brown that she wrote in The Gifts of Imperfection that talks about this. She said, squandering our gifts brings distress to our lives. As it turns out, it's not merely benign or too bad if we don't use the gifts that we've been given. We pay for it with our emotional and physical well-being. When we don't use our talents to cultivate meaningful work, we struggle. We feel disconnected and weighed down by feelings of emptiness, frustration, resentment, shame, disappointment, fear, or even grief. So the consequences of not doing meaningful work, it's not just that you don't get to live your passion or live your dreams and like kind of, okay, it's fine, I'll settle for living this like mediocre life. It's not even that. It's like there's not really a neutral ground. It's that when you're not using your gifts and talents to cultivate meaningful work, you really suffer and you pay for it. And one of the ways that people end up suffering is through burnout. And it can be that burnout that doesn't even seem like it makes sense. Like I've been working two days a week or I've been, you know, just doing half days. Like there was a time during residency after I turned in my resignation where I was just doing four half days in clinic and I still like was feeling burnt out of it. So it can be that level of burnout that doesn't make sense. And maybe it doesn't directly tie to like the hours or the amount of work that you're doing, but it's just like the wrong kind of work for you. And, and it also, it can feel so intangible. It might not present as burnout necessarily, but it could present as just like, ugh, something just feels off. Something doesn't feel right. It just feels like something's missing in my job. And it's just this kind of low level itchiness or restless feeling that you have. But then you can easily talk yourself out of it and say, no, like, that's just me being silly. Everything's great in my job. Um, I have this, this, and this. And you can like rationalize your way out of that feeling. And so you do, but that doesn't deny there's this underlying feeling there of restlessness and this feeling of not feeling fulfilled. And that has to do with not doing meaningful work and not using your gifts and talents. And I do want to make a caveat here because this does not mean that the meaningful work that you're doing has to be this like sole source of income for you or even a source of income at all. You don't have to monetize every hobby and every passion and that is okay. And, you know, I think it's important to not put all this pressure on yourself to like find that one thing that you love and you're passionate about and to make a huge business around it and all of those things. Like it doesn't have to look like that. So one of the doctors I recently spoke with on just a networking call, she's doing all of these quality improvement projects on the side of her clinical work because she just really enjoys it and finds a lot of meaning in that, that her clinical work doesn't give her in that, in that same way. And so she's not getting directly paid for this, but it's just like a way that she's really contributing to the, the hospital that she works for and improving the systems. And, and that just gives her this sense of meaning. And she's like, you know, really stepping into a leadership role and she's on these committees and she enjoys doing that and feels very fulfilled professionally from that standpoint, but is not getting paid directly for that. So it's not necessarily about, it doesn't have to look any certain way. Um, I think the purpose really is just to start cultivating meaningful work 
and making room for your gifts and talents and then seeing where it leads. So you don't have to make the end goal be any one thing. There doesn't have to be an end goal. It's really more of a process goal, which I think is really important to to differentiate. So what I would like to encourage is just to make room for your gifts and talents or make room. If you don't know what your gifts and talents are, then make room for exploring your gifts and talents and what they could be. Um, and I also want to clarify just from kind of a definition standpoint, when I say gifts and talents, like what does that even mean? I think of it as just that intersection between the things that you really enjoy doing and the things that you're good at. So that intersection, it's important to have both, but there is a level of enjoyment and there's a level of I'm good at this. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm referring to gifts and talents. And then when you use those to cultivate meaningful work, it means that you're not just, you have these things you enjoy doing and that you're good at, but you don't do anything with it. It means you're sharing them and you're using them and it's more of an output. So then (laughs) one of the concerns that many people I work with and speak to have is like, well, what if I don't have anything? I don't know if I have any interests or hobbies or passions or gifts or talents, you know, and that word just feels really daunting and inaccessible to them. So I first want to just really reassure you that if you are breathing and you are listening to this podcast right now, you have gifts and talents and there's a way for you to use them to cultivate meaningful work. I have no idea what it could look like for you. It could look like so many different things, but you are not broken you have these things. You may not feel like you have anything. Like you don't feel like you have any interests or hobbies or passions outside of work because you've been spending so much time working in medicine. And that's totally fair. Medicine can be fairly all consuming to the point where when I was working in medicine, I always felt like one dimensional, like all I'm doing is learning and studying for tests and then taking tests. And then I'm just exhausted. And so then I just watch TV and then you repeat and you do it again. And I felt like I, I wasn't as much of a person. I always said like, I'm, I just feel one dimensional. So if you feel that way, that doesn't mean it's forever, right? Like that could just be that you're feeling burnt out. That could be that you just haven't given space to your gifts and talents and the things that you enjoy in the past. And so they start to become dormant inside of you, right? When you are not actively you know, making space for these things, they start to kind of recede a little bit within you, but that doesn't mean they're gone. It doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean they're never coming back. You know, if you don't fully believe me, if you're like, okay, well, maybe other people have had gifts and talents once they start to like, you know, explore them, but I don't know if that's me. Maybe just ad- adopt an attitude of curiosity of like, I wonder if I do have anything in there any gifts, any talents, any strengths, any hobbies, any interests or passions, like, and also pick the word that feels most accessible to you, right? If the word gifts makes you feel like, oh, I'm not like gifted. Um, and that makes it feel like, oh, you're either a prodigy or you're not like you either (laughs) were born, you know, knowing how to play the piano really well or not. Like if that word just feels inaccessible, then just use a different word, use interests, use hobbies, um, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Like, I think the important thing is that the language points you towards what we're trying to cultivate, which is the sense of like, you have things within you that you're good at and that you enjoy and that the world needs. That just makes me think of that quote. I think it's like Howard Thurman, I believe who said it. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. 
because the world needs people who have come alive. And so there's things within you that allow you to feel more alive. And so let's go on a journey of exploring those and making room for those. And so that's just where I encourage you to start. I want to give you guys some some tools and ideas and tips for getting started with exploring this. First, I think the overall concept is just to start making room for your gifts and talents. And and if you don't know what those are yet, if there's nothing that you're like, oh yeah, I definitely want to start teaching dance or I want to start teaching yoga or, you know, if you don't have anything that comes to mind right away, then I want to encourage you to start making room for exploring your gifts and talents. And if you don't know where to get started, that's what we're going to talk about right now. So start by following your joy and your desire. And it's hard because when we're working in medicine and we're just so busy all the time, we generally don't take a lot of time to ask ourselves questions like, what do I want to do? What makes me really happy? What would I love to do? We usually ask ourselves questions like, what should I be doing right now? What am I supposed to do? What's the right thing to be doing? And we kind of have this allegiance to some external like person who's monitoring our actions outside of us, who's like, you know, giving us a, okay, this is the right thing or the supposed to thing or the thing that you should do. Um, but we don't really have a sense of an internal compass of like, what do I, this human who I'm spending all this time with, like, what do I want to do? What would I love to do? What do I enjoy doing? And so you have to start by tuning in. And I'm going to give you some questions to journal on and reflect on and sit with. And you might not have any answers right away. When I ask you these questions, and when you sit with them and try to journal on them, you might feel like, uh, I don't know, uh, nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's okay. You have to just keep asking these questions and sitting with them and giving yourself space to start figuring out what you want. Because when you've lived so long, not asking yourself what you want or what you enjoy or what you would love to do, it's going to just take some time for you to answer because you're just not used to that question. And so it's going to take some time to kind of thawing out a little bit and to just start really tuning into it. So just have patience with yourself and do do the best you can. And it's going to feel weird at first, hundred percent. So I have some questions I'm going to read to get you started with. You can pause this episode, write them down, um, or just kind of reflect on them either through just your personal reflection or if like journaling, um, my clients have had really good success with journaling. Journaling seems to be a really great way to get things out of your heart and soul and onto, onto paper. Um, and things come up that they're like, wow, I didn't even know that was in there. And so I really do recommend using these to journal on. So I'm going to just read the questions and then you can, um, use them. So if you had all the time in the world, what would you love to do or try? What is interesting to you? What do you feel just a little bit curious about? When are you at your best? What are you doing when you are at your best? And this is actually one that you can use to ask other people around you, people you're close with. You can ask them like, when do you see me at my best? What am I doing um, when you see me and I'm at my best? Because that can be helpful too. Because other people can really notice within you like, wow, you really like coming alive when you talk about this, or I see you really light up when you talk about this thing. That that could be another one. Like, when do you see me light up? Um, and there's a lot of information to be gained from that. And then what makes you feel alive? What excites you? Right? Sometimes the words like passion or 
purpose or those things can feel really big and daunting like I talked about earlier. So just start with smaller ones like excitement, curiosity. What are some of those things that just start to pull some life out of you? Um, And so I just want to invite you to reflect on these questions. See what comes up for you. If nothing comes up, continue to reflect and continue to just give yourself space for these things to come up and just start paying attention, right? So maybe you do this exercise and you're like, oh, well, nothing. I have no idea. But sit with it because then maybe over the next week or so, maybe something happens and something comes up and you're like, oh, I'm really curious about that. That's interesting. And so it's just about starting to pay attention to to what's inside of you. And then what, yeah, whatever answers come up to these questions, just start exploring and taking small steps in that direction without putting too much pressure on like, well, what's it going to lead to? What's it going to turn into? Um, What does this mean? How can this become a job? Like let some of that go. And and again, like make this a more of a process oriented thing instead of an outcome oriented thing. Um, So, you know, some of the people I've had on the podcast, like writing has been a big thing for them. The dentist I had, Dr. Laura Brenner, and then um, the physician I had, Dr. Shola as a colleague, like they just started writing because that was what was inside of them. That was something that wanted to be expressed. So that could be another question you ask, like what within me wants to be expressed right now? What do I want to express? What, what do I want to like bring forth? And for Dr. Laura Brenna, like her blog post went viral. And then Dr. Shola Izakoli, she actually ended up writing a book and that's helping physicians. But it wasn't the outcome or the result. Like it wasn't the outcome that helped relieve their burnout or helped them start to feel a sense of meaningful work. It was just the process of doing it, the act of writing, right? Do you think that for like Dr. Laura Brenner, for example, like, do you think the only blog post that brought her joy or satisfaction or a sense of meaning? Was the one that went viral or was it the whole process of writing each post and like expressing her thoughts and feelings and putting them out there? And yeah, there's an extra level of satisfaction when they're well-received and people resonate with it and that's great. But that doesn't mean that all the other blog posts didn't play a part and contribute to her like developing her gifts and talents and starting to come alive again. So it's just the act of expressing and sharing your gifts, right? Simon Sinek talks about this, like, it's a gift. It's meant to be given. It's not supposed to sit inside of you and like rot. So it's just the act of bringing them out into the world that can bring you back to life. It doesn't have to do anything else other than like, they're not just inside of you anymore. You're sharing them and maybe you just share them with your family. So one of my clients recently, as she's like been reflecting on, you know, what brings her joy and what does she want to do? she realized I want to bake. (laughs) I just want to bake. And it's not like in this big professional way. It's just in like a, I just want to hang out with my family and bake. And that's just the desire in my heart. And so she just started doing that. And, you know, who knows what that's going to lead to. If anything, maybe just a greater sense of joy in her life, which is wonderful. So that's, you know, one of the big pieces of advice I'll give you kind of overarching this whole process of making room for your gifts is to release your expectations and just to stay open and stay curious because who knows what might happen. It might not lead to your next job or a monetizable side gig or any sort of business or anything. It might just be what's necessary to start bringing yourself back to life. And so I want to end with a quote from the Gospel of Thomas that says, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. 
If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. And that's what happens when you're not making room for your gifts and talents and you're not cultivating work that's meaningful to you in some way. It starts to destroy you. It starts to rust from the inside out. It just starts to weigh on you and feels heavy and empty and resentment builds. And like these things happen because you're not living in alignment with the person you're supposed to be and you're not doing the things that really matter to you at your core. And so I want to ask you this question um, and I'd love for you to you know, come join the Facebook group and join in on a discussion there. Um, or you can even message me personally on Instagram or send me an email, but just let me know how will you start to explore and start to make room for your gifts and talents today? I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Life After Medicine podcast. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation, share your takeaways, and connect with other like-minded healthcare workers, then come join us in the Life After Medicine Facebook group. The link to join the group is in the show notes. I can't wait to connect with you further.